Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Deshaun, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Hey, man. Well, uh, you just came out with a new book, Don't Quit in the Dip. And for the two people who haven't bought it yet, everybody should have this book already. Explain to them, explain to all of us why you should get this book and how it'll help you, especially now in this season of life. You know, it's a great question because people are, they're grasping for hope in this season. And I believe in hope and healing, hope for tomorrow and healing from yesterday. And I literally tried to get our publisher to push the date off because I said to them, I don't want to launch a book in COVID. Are you kidding me? And the publisher told me, Sean, it has to come out now. We're in a worldwide dip. Like, who do you know right now that's not going through a dip? Some of you feel like you're in a seven-layer dip. <laughs> it's just like one dip after another after another. And the idea is that we have this, this, this version or idea of success, whether it's a God dream or, or, or something that God's put in your heart, but there's always a dip before you get there. Problem is most people quit here in the dip and never see the dream fulfilled. And successful people... They're not people who are exempt from a dip. They just didn't quit. So my heart is to help everybody who feels stuck to get you to believe that there is more available. So you can get the book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, online, and, and um, any, really anywhere. But my prayer is that you would get this, not just for you. When I'm doing book signings, bro, I've been so amazed at people buying multiple books. And I'm thinking, who, why are you buying 10 books? And they're like, my mom's in a dip. My dad's in a dip. My brother's in a dip. My boss is in a dip. So who do you know that could benefit from this? I mean, obviously it makes a great Christmas present, but more than just a, a present of, you know, hey, here's, here's a new shirt. This can help them literally change the trajectory of their life. We're in a season right now where depression has skyrocketed. And everything bad has, has been elevated. I mean, depression, medicine is up, medications are up, substance abuse, physical, sexual abuse in the house as people are quarantined, um, and, and, and divorce, suicide, it's all going up. And we desperately need to help people get out of the dip. And let you know, I just want to let somebody know today, depression, anxiety does not have to be a life sentence. You don't have to stay stuck in a dip. You can come out. And through this book, I talk to you about identifying the dip. And then what are the lessons you need to learn in the dip? And then what do you need to leave behind in the dip? And then what's on the other side of the dip? That's my heart. Man, it's so good. You, you even speak of, and I've watched almost all your messages by now. Uh, you spoke of how the church was in, a, a, I believe, a seven-year dip, a seven-year famine, a time of difficulty where there was no growth. For the pastors and the leaders who are watching, who are experiencing COVID, who are experiencing difficulty in the church, what's a word of hope that you would speak to the pastor who's listening right now or that leader who's listening right now? You got to go back to the call. You know, if you're, if you're seeking comfortability, <clears throat> it's not going to work. You need to get out of the ministry, <laughs> get a spine of steel and remember that when God calls you, he who calls you is faithful. He does it. And you put your play, yourself in the right place of obedience, and God opens up the right door of opportunity. And to get you to believe that there is more. 
I have four daughters and I just met your beautiful daughter, Grace. She's adorable. Uh, I had four girls under the age of two. So a two-year-old, a one-year-old and twins were zero. That's because we're really good planners. <laughs> Not really, but we, you've seen a double stroller. We had a triple stroller and one on a leash, you know, and when they were young, they didn't know what the ice cream truck was. So I know this podcast goes all over and for anybody that's outside of America, in America, we have this truck that drives around neighborhoods, plays cheesy music, and sells ice cream. Well, when it came around our, our house, I told the girls, girls, this is the music truck. And for two solid years, they thought the sole purpose of this truck was to drive around neighborhoods and spreading cheer to families by playing music. And the little girls would come out, smile, and wave. Hi, music truck. Hi. It was amazing. You think I'm a bad parent, don't you? But I saved so much money in those two years because they would sell these overpriced ice cream sandwiches for like $4 a piece times four. I don't think so. Well, all that changed one day when, when my, my, wife, my, my grandma or my wife's mom, uh, the grandma of my daughter's, was watching them. And, and the girls come running out one day and their eyes wide as saucers. And they're like, Dad, guess what? I said, what is it, baby? And our oldest daughter, she said, the music truck sells ice cream too. <laughs> they, they just could not believe that there was more available and they didn't know it. And I just want to speak into somebody's heart right now, whether you're a business person, a stay-at-home uh, spouse or a pastor, ministry leader, there's more available. I know you don't know it now. I know you don't think about it and you don't believe it, but there is more available. Please do not settle for music truck theology. Like this is all there is. I'm just going to go to work, come home, go to work, come up. This is it. No, don't quit in the dip. There is more available. I mean, Jesus said that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't have to convince anybody right now. The devil's doing a pretty good job of that in 2020. But that's not where John 10, 10 stops. Jesus said that's what he came to do. Now, let me tell you what I came to do. I came to give you life. It's abundant life. And the message paraphrase says it's more than you could ask or imagine. It's, there is more available, but it's only found in him. Problem is, you know, right now, a lot of people are looking for the right answers in the wrong places. Uh, I know none of your viewers ever cheated on a test in high school, but uh, full disclosure, I did. And I, I, when I would cheat, I never cheated off the kid who was flunking out of school. Like I was always trying to get the smart kid, you know, and they, of course, they were, they wouldn't let me cheat. They're like, you should have done your own homework. <laughs> but I, I never would cheat off the kid who was flunking. Even if he offered, you did, if you did, if you were tempted to cheat back then, you did the same thing. We all looked at the paper. He was like, yeah, you can cheat. And we were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll just guess. Why? Because you understand the principle that you cannot find the right answers in the wrong places. There's a lot of people looking for the right answers in the wrong places. They're looking for it in a, in a bottle. They're looking for it in a wrong relationship or their validation from somebody else. I just want to let you know, you're only going to find these answers in Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. But he needs you not to quit in the dip. I think about how many people, how many great leaders have we not heard about because they quit in the dip? You know, they quit too early. And I don't want that for your, your viewers and your, 
your listeners today. I want you to make it. But in order to make it, you, ha- you cannot quit in the dip. Amen. That's so good. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, you mentioned your family. You have four daughters. You've been married, for, I believe, over 20 years. Is that correct? Yep. Amen. But you balance ministry and marriage and family so well. Maybe one of the best I've ever seen. For those who are in ministry, those who are maybe even not in ministry, but just work, and they give their family what's left and not what's best, what advice or what would you speak into their lives that how to give their family what's best and not what they have left? And how have you been able to do such a great job of that? Well, you navigate, you know, you become a new parent, you're trying to figure it all out, right? We had four girls under the age of two and trying to navigate what's this going to look like. And then we start homeschooling them all. And um, so we just, we just made up our minds. We're not going to have two worlds. We have one world. So whatever doesn't fit in this world, we don't do. So for us, I'm not saying for you or anybody else, for us, we determine what our family is going to be about. And we even had them kind of write down kind of a, uh, um, like values of our family that we hold dear. And they wanted to do sports and, and they probably, a couple of them could have, you know, probably done okay in sports. But I knew as a parent, I knew what their calling was. Their calling was to music. Their calling is to worship. I felt that from when they were young. So as a parent, I just kind of steered them towards that and got them in piano lessons. Now they all, they're 21, 20 and 19 year old twins. Now they all sing, write, play instruments and, and preach and lead teams. Like they are incredible leaders now. But I just knew it's not that sports is bad. I grew, I grew up playing sports all my life, loved it. But I knew for them, like this, they, the games are on Sundays and it would take us away from church. And so I just determined, and my wife, that we're going to have one world. This is what we do. If it doesn't fit in here, we're not going to do it. So whatever your world is, you just need to figure out what that is and then guard what you give your time to. You know, what, what are you saying yes to? Because a no is powerful, just as powerful as a yes when, when it's the Lord. But that's why we're spirit-filled for a reason. You have to know where the Holy Spirit is guiding you as a family. But, um, and then you have to honor family day. You know, you have to keep kids close. If they're close and they're talking, <laughs> you're winning. You know, so keep them close. Have We would have a family day every week for years. And now that they're older, it's become more like a family night because of schedules. But just guard that time together. Uh, so many people quit in the dip and they think, oh, there's nothing I can do. But they're not giving it time. So that would be one, one word of advice. So good. You have such a great relationship with others. When I think about you, Pastor Sean, I think how you cheer others on. And how in a world full of competition, you view others as a compliment and not as a competition. And so how have you been able to really have that perspective in your own heart, really cheer on other pastors and other leaders? And how, how, how did you experience that breakthrough? And for somebody who's currently dealing with that struggle, what would you advise them and how could you encourage them? Somebody else's success is not my defeat. Somebody else's success is their success. So cheer them on. And you know, we're not in competition with anybody. We have one enemy, the devil. And envy, jealousy, strife. The Bible says, man, behind that comes all kinds of evil and offense and all that kind of stuff. Comparison, it's just so ugly. It's almost like a wedge, you know. It, the devil comes in and the kind of the Greek definition of this in the scriptures is talking about behind this 
is all types of evil. Picture this, like the wedge, it starts off small, but the more you drive the wedge into a piece of wood, it starts to split and divide. And behind that, all of hell and its demons are waiting to infiltrate your life. That's what happens a lot of times. That's why a lot of people quit in the dip, really, is because of offense or envy or jealousy and comparison. Ah, I'm not where they should be. I'm not where, I'm not where they are. Don't run somebody else's race. Run your race. What are you called to do? Ephesians 4 tells us to walk worthy of the calling of God. Walk worthy of the calling. It did not say walk worthy of the position or walk worthy of somebody else's calling or comparison. At the end of the day, you're going to have to stand before God as all of us will. And we'll have to give an account for what did we do with what he gave us. That's going to be the, really the second in, in heaven. The first question is going to be something like, hey, what'd you do with Jesus? And if you get that right, then you get the second question. And that is, what'd you do with what I gave you? And, and in this season, it's, it's crazy because the parable of the talents, you know, this guy went away. Jesus tells the story. I went away and I had my, my other servants and I gave this guy this many talents, this guy this many talents, this guy many talents. I'm back. He didn't even, he wasn't even coaching them the whole time. You know, I'll, we always want like a leader to just kind of walk us, hold our hand, walk us the whole way. He didn't, they didn't get any of that. One guy doubled, the second guy doubled, the third guy did nothing. He buried the town, but he gave back what he was given. And he felt like that was good stewardship. He was like, ah, I'm giving you back my one talent. And he was called a wicked and lazy servant. Um, yeah, I don't want to be wicked and lazy. I want to give God a return. People are at stake, everybody. And the reason you can't quit on the dip is because there are people waiting for you. Think about Joseph in the Bible. Joseph had like a 13-year dip. He was sold by his brothers, human trafficked, falsely accused, thrown into prison, and forgotten for 13 plus years. And then all of a sudden, he's elevated to be the second command of the most powerful nation of the world at that time, Egypt. And, and you've seen... Um, I mean, you've heard of 2020 vision. Let me give you 5020 vision. Okay. I'm going to explain just a second, but 2020 is so funny to me, bro, because every pastor in the beginning of 2020 is like 2020 vision. This is the year of 2020. 2020 yeah. And then 2020 slapped us in the face. <laughs> and most pastors are like, you know, 2020 vision. What just happened? I just like, what has hit me? I, I used to wear fake glasses um, when I was 18 years old. It was so stupid, but um, I just wanted to look a little older and so I'd wear these fake glasses. I turned 40, and uh, these are legit. You know, this is about the time when you need glasses. But in taking a, a, an eye exam test, they, they cover one eye, and they ask you, can you read the chart? Now, I know some of you viewers out there try to memorize a chart before your test, <laughs> but if you didn't, then you really do have to just go by sight in your reading. X, P, L, Q, one of the things the eye doctor told me is that every couple of years, your prescription changes. I feel like the Lord's giving us a new prescription, everybody. And he's asking you today, can you, can you see what's in front of you? And all of us today need to begin to read what he has put in front of us, like Galatians 6, 9. Okay, okay, God, I think I get it. Do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't quit in the dip. 
because at the right time, God's going to have you reap a harvest. Back to Joseph, you know, you've heard a 2020 vision. Let me give you 5020 vision. Genesis 5020. Several years later, he's now second in command of the most powerful nation of the world. And, and, and every once in a while, you'll read in that Old Testament story, and the Lord was with Joseph. It's like test, test, trial, trial. And then, but the Lord was with Joseph. Like he wasn't alone. And because Joseph never quit in the dip, which he had more reason to quit than many of us do. I mean, come on. Human traffic, falsely accused, prison, uh, just the list goes on and on and on. He never quit in the dip. And because of that, with, with that grace of God on his life, he's elevated. Now God gave him a strategy in a new season of famine to stack grain and, and really Egypt would become the wealthiest nation in the world. I'm praying for fresh strategy in this season for you, for you listeners out there, for fresh ideas and business ideas and, and, and ministry ideas that God would release that. Well, one day, if you know the Bible, his brothers come to buy grain one day. And it's hilarious because they don't recognize Joseph. He's got like this Egyptian garb on. He's got like this Mac eyeliner makeup. You know, he's, he's in Egypt and he's speaking Egyptian and they bow down. And when he had the right, the authority and a reason to take revenge on his brothers, he doesn't. He doesn't let that offense derail his destiny. And he turns around and he says in Genesis 50, verse 20, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of all these people's lives. Okay, let's listen. Joseph's destiny was on the other side of his dip. Wow. Let that sink in, that your destiny is on the other side of your dip. People are waiting for you to get out of the dip so that you can minister to them, so they can hear how you made it through. When you're going through something, you don't want to talk to somebody who hasn't been through it. You want to talk to somebody who's been through it, came out of it, successful. You, 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 you long for that. And that's really what this book is for. It's to help you identify the dip. What lessons do you need to learn the dip? And then what do you need to leave behind? There's a whole section on fear and anxiety because my life was dominated by fear and anxiety for the first 25 years of my life. I mean, bad, bro. It was, I couldn't make a decision. Um, ulcerative colitis, which is, it's a serious, really health condition that some people get their colon removed and the colostomy bag instead. And <clears throat> I stomach pains for six hours at a time. I'd be doubled over on the floor. So much stress, so much anxiety, which leads to depression. And, and here's what pro the problem is. It, fatigue, frustration leads you to settling for something inferior. Let me say that again, that fatigue, frustration, it leads you to settling for something inferior. And if you're not careful, you give up on the promise of God. Some of you have stopped believing God. You're now an unbelieving believer. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. But you're now talking yourself out of believing God for more. When he is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God that wants to see you succeed, not just for you, but to help others. Because there are people waiting for you on the other side of your dip. And, and for me, it was, it was a breakthrough. I was in the hospital, dropped down to 125 pounds. I mean, we're not made to carry stress, worry, and anxiety and depression. We're not made for it. our body. 
is not made to do that. Well, I was going out of my mind. I just started the church at age 24. I'm in the hospital. People are like, what's going to happen to the church? I don't know. Uh, who's preaching this weekend? I don't know. All I can think about was I'm going, cra- I'm going out of my mind. And I have this pain in my stomach. and I'm losing weight. And they're about to do surgery. And then all of a sudden, God healed me. Bro, I, have, I, I had pains from age 13 to 25. I have not had a pain in 18 years. God is a healer. But I'll tell you what, my daughter got it. Listen, my grandma was a warrior. My dad is a warrior. I was a warrior. And my daughter, Victoria, she was a warrior, big time. And the problem with worry and anxiety is like, you know, when you're a kid, people just think, grow out, yo, just get over it. You'll grow out of it. You don't grow out of fear. Fear is a spirit. The Bible says that God's not giving you a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. Well, when you're young, you don't grow out of a fear. You just grow older and switch fears. Fear dominates people's lives. And that's, what, that's what's going on in this COVID season. I mean, we're hearing fear from every side. Nobody's saying like, hey, 99% of the people who get COVID recover under age 40 and 94% over 60 recover. Like we're not hearing any of that. You're just hearing fear, 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 fear. And when it comes to many when it comes to your business, when it comes to your family, the devil is screaming fear at you. My daughter, I mean, every night she'd cry. And I would go in because I can empathize. I was there. And she was so afraid. I'd even ask her, what are you afraid of? I don't know. And I hated seeing my baby girl like that. She's eight, I'm not, I don't just mean like a four-year-old. I mean five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. She's terrified. And one day I just confessed to her. I said, baby girl, I think I gave this to you. And she didn't know. He's so cute. She's like, why did you give this to me? And I'm like, not like a present, like Christmas present, but we're going to break it. And so for the next several weeks, listen to me, everybody. We broke that spirit of anxiety and fear over her life. How did we do it? I didn't spend all my time rebuking the devil. Let me give you a verse that's going to help you. This is worth getting the book right now for you, for a friend who's struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, feels stuck. This chapter is called Bye Bye Fear. I talk about how we defeated that over her in my life. But my daughter struggled with fear for so many years. I did. And then this verse came alive to me that says, perfect love drives out fear. Oh, that's good. Perfect love drives out fear. A lot of people have preached, I think the opposite of faith, uh, I'm sorry, fear is faith. That's what a lot of people have said. The opposite of fear is faith. I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Um, I get why they say it, but I think the opposite of fear is love. The Bible says perfect love drives out fear. So if you're struggling with fear, anxiety, depression, you don't need to get more bold. You need to receive more of God's love because it's God's love that comes in and drives out fear. It doesn't suggest fear leave. It doesn't recommend it leaves. It drives it out because fear and God's love cannot cohabitate. They're not roommates, guys. When God's love comes in, it pushes fear out and serves fear and eviction notice. And I know some of you are like, God, do you even know where I live? Some of you have settled in the dip. You're like, I just moved to 555 Dip Street and you've, you've accepted it. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to feel. This is my lot in life. And I just want to let you know that's not true. We begin to sing songs over Victoria every night of God's love. 
I read scriptures of God's love, about how much we loved her, about how much God loves her. And when she was convinced of that, I'll tell you what, fear left. She's now 19 years old and she is a powerhouse. I mean, she didn't struggle with fear at all. She's so bold. And I, I thank God for that. But I want to give you some keys, guys, because I know you're going through it. I know COVID and the racial tension and fear and anxiety and financial stuff and church life and business life. There's so much we're handling. But you got to know God has more for you, but you can't quit in the dip. If you quit in the dip, it's, it's, thrown, it's thrown in the towel. And I just want to reawaken motivation for anybody who's ready to throw in the towel. But you don't have to quit. God sees you. God knows, and he has more for you. Pastor Sean, thank you. I mean, my mind is blown, and I'm blessed. I know everybody who's watching and listening is going to be blessed with this. Would you take a moment and pray for those who are like Victoria, those who are struggling with fear? Would you pray for the pastors and the leaders who are experiencing a dip in their church? Would you pray for those who are struggling with COVID and those who are facing difficulty with the racial tension? Would you pray for our nation and everybody who's yeah. listening at this moment? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, first of all, thank you that you are who you said you are. So I thank you that we're going to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this thing, trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not lean to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we resubmit to you, and you're the one that makes crooked paths straight. Forgive us from our sin, wash us clean. But then, Lord, I ask for great grace and great growth over all my friends listening today. I pray that, Lord, they would understand that your, your love for them has never changed. That the Bible says nothing can separate us from your love. And I thank you that you just flood our hearts with your love again. Drive out anxiety, fear, worry, dependence on other things or dependence on self. We are dependent on you. So today we refocus, we regroup, and re, we re-up our dependence on you. I pray for peace. Peace in our homes peace in our nation. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who is faithful. And if you said it, you will complete it. I bless them today. And I pray for any, anybody who's ready to quit, that their story is going to be one of victory, not of a victim mentality. That they didn't quit. They didn't throw in the towel. And because of that, you move mightily in their life. Thank you, Lord, for vision to see beyond the dip Many of us, our, our view has been obstructed by the dip, but Lord, give us, give us the sight to see vision beyond the dip, that there are people waiting for us to love and to honor and to add value to and to point to freedom in Jesus Christ. So I love you. I thank you so much for this. I pray that this book blesses my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Sean. Don't quit in the dip. Everybody, please get this book. Man, it's such a blessing. Thank you for taking the time today. Absolutely. My pleasure.